0: So I've been asked by a few people, actually a lot of people over the years, about the mental side of running, mindset stuff for running, and I just thought, I don't really have much to give, but then I actually sat down and wrote down uh, all the things that I actually use, and there's quite a long list of tricks and techniques and mindset stuff that I use, so I thought I'd just capture them on this audio. It's gonna be pretty rough. There's no real structure to it. What it is is just a collection of the tools that I use in running. I'm sure you use some in your running already, um, and I'm not trying to change anything that you do. Um, I'm certainly not gonna uh, get rid of what you're already using that works, but what I'm hoping to do is to, you know, help you improve your performance through using some of the stuff that I use. I'm not gonna just repeat anything I've heard or read about. I'm only gonna tell you the stuff that I've used over and over and over again. Uh, There's heaps of other stuff out there, I know that. Um, So basically that's my disclaimer. I'm gonna share stuff that I've used that's worked. Uh, So hopefully you can maybe take one thing that I talk about and help it to improve your your performance or your enjoyment of running. Maybe even help you just break through one of those barriers that you've been struggling with for a while and uh, maybe something I say will help you do that. So like I said, it's gonna be pretty rough there's not much structure to what I'm doing. I haven't prepared that much. I've just got a list of things that I do. But it's long, and this could be quite a long recording. So let's just get stuck into it. If you have any questions, just contact me directly and um, I can elaborate on more. Maybe I can do a, a separate audio on, on the stuff that means the most to you. All right, so let's. I'm gonna get straight into it. Uh, whether or not you know it, you talk to yourself as you run. So I'm gonna start with self-talk. Uh, critically important. And the first thing I'm gonna say is if you don't know what your self-talk already is, then definitely the next time you run, just listen. Just listen to what you're saying to yourself as you run. My guess is if you haven't taken control of your self-talk, it is probably negative. It is probably telling you stuff that's slowing you down. It's probably telling you stuff that's making you hurt more and probably telling you stuff to not make you feel good about yourself. So your first homework, is to just go for a run and listen to your self-talk. Now, there's some components of listening to your self-talk, it's just super important. There's gonna be a location of your voice. It could be in front of you, it could be above you. This might sound weird, but imagine if you're running now and your self-talk's chattering away. It could be to one side, like a left side of your head or the right side or behind you or above you or in the center of your head. It sounds a bit weird saying this, but see if you can pick up the location of where that voice is coming from. uh, And then listen for things like the tone of the voice. Is it like a deep uh, authoritarian type tone or is it a squeaky voice or is it someone's voice that you know, is it your own voice? Try and pick up the tone. They'll have a volume to it as well. It'll be either super loud, some people's self-talk like shouts at them. Others can just be a whisper or or a feeling or something really subtle. So that's the first thing to pick up. How do you talk to yourself? Where's the location of the voice? What's the tone of it and what's the volume of it? Um, And then of course, what are you saying to yourself? If you can get back and write down the things that you say to yourself, first of all, you might be a little bit shocked, but hopefully you're not. And hopefully you've got some positive stuff in there as well. And so so the, the, the technique here is to, if negative stuff works for you, then keep it. Don't throw it away. Most people will respond better to positive self-talk, to encouraging self-talk than um, the negative stuff, trying to hammer yourself with a whip to get you up the hill. I've just realized how long this recording might actually go for. So that's the first thing, find out um, your self-talk. Now I'm gonna give you some ideas about self-talk that's gonna help you to control yours. Talk to yourself in the second person. So that's not using, I can do this, I am this, I'm going well. I'll talk about those kind of talks later on, but talk to yourself in the second person. So use your name or preferably a nickname for yourself that's kind of like you're talking to your best friend. So my name's Rob Mason, but my nickname is Meso. So I talk to myself as Meso because that's what my good friends call me and most people who know me will call me meso. So when I'm using self-talk, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going really well, or I can do this. I say, you're going great, meso. Meso, you got this. You are smashing this, meso. And one of my favorite ones from my mate, Roger Haney, you're a beast, meso. So use that second-person talk. There's heaps of science behind this stuff now, but um, pretty much give it a shot. If it works, good. If not, chuck it out. Some of the things to say to yourself, again, this is the stuff that I say to myself that has worked, so I'm just gonna reel it off. If it lands with you, take it and try it. If it doesn't, throw it away and think about something else. Um, So when you're running, say you're running really hard and it is hurting like hell and every part of you is screaming to stop, try saying this, you won't remember this pain tomorrow or you won't remember this pain after this run because you don't, you never do. Hey gorgeous. I'm just recording something for my friends. Um, I don't know how to spell destroy. Oh cool, I'll come and help you. So the next thing, um, like, I, like I said, find a little mantra that works for you. I remember hearing Kathy Freeman's um, mantra was, Do What I Know, that was from Ben Crow. If you haven't listened to Ben Crow, go and find him and listen to as much of him as you can. So do what I know, but but that, these are the things to bring out. So um, you won't remember the pain tomorrow. You won't remember the pain as soon as you finish this run. Um, some more good self-talk stuff is to find that empowering thing uh, for me like you're a beast or um, you're smashing this or you are powering or can't believe how well you're running today this kind of positive stuff works um, I'm gonna use this this is, this is a strategy I use which is the I can't believe it strategy which really helps so you're running a race imagine you're running a, a quite a long race and you wanna break that race down into segments. Instead of thinking, oh, you know, I've got 50K to go, or I've got 100 and something K to go, you really wanna break that down to the next checkpoint. But as you move through the checkpoints, the negative side of your brain, the hind brain wants to focus on how far you've got to go and how much further, how long is this gonna go? But if you can switch that around and use the I can't believe it strategy, that sounds something like this, I can't believe I'm already through the such and such checkpoint. So one of the races I did recently, the Alpine Challenge, I can't believe I'm already through Warby Corner. I cannot believe it. That's already behind me. I'm really, I'm past that already. Can you feel how that feels different for your self-talk? Do you mean I'm already over the top of Bogong already? I, am, I can't believe it. I feel, like I feel like I just started and I've already got this much behind me. So there's an aviation term called um, they're in my six, which means I'm behind. they're behind you. So if you imagine the clock face and you're flying towards north, which is the 12th, for example, the 12th hand, um, the six is, the, is behind you in aviation. So I would use that, um, you know, the 10K point's in my six. Uh, Warby Corn is in my six. Big River's in my six. Mount Bogon's in my six. Uh, I'm through Warby Corn. I'm heading for Langford's Gap. It's in my six already. I can't believe I've gone past that. So, so you, you're flipping around that negative talk into the, Wow, I can't believe I've already come this far in the race. Okay, moving on. Um, When it's hurting and you just say you're at the end of the race and you are pushing for a PB or you're pushing to catch someone or you just wanna make it your best race ever, try this one. Just keep it up until the bridge. Just keep this up until the next power pole. Just keep this up until the clearing. Just keep this up until the path, whatever. And just and then when you get the path, of course you're going to say it again. Just keep this up until the end of that fence. Just keep this up until it, and that'll hopefully help you. Um, so I once saw Shelley Taylor Smith do a, a talk. She was absolutely brilliant. And um, she, if you don't know her, she's an Australian and world marathon swimming champion. Um, and one of her things that she used and she taught me in that was uh, what I call gratitude, the gratitude strategy, which is How lucky am I to be able to do this? So try this self-talk, how lucky am I to be able to run? How lucky am I to have two legs? How lucky am I that I can run in this beautiful place today? How lucky am I to live in Australia? How lucky am I to be free in a free country where I can just go out the door and go running? How lucky am I that we can go on this race? How lucky am I that I'm fit enough and healthy enough and I have enough uh, motivation to get out the door? that gratitude will swell your heart <laughs> as you're running. Um, I'm gonna move on to the next uh, few things just so I can kind of get through this huge list I've got. Um, cues, so there's a lot of cues you can use. And when I say cues, it's, um, it's a, called an anchor or, or some thing that you go to to remind you to do something. So a cue, uh, there's a few cues I've got here. So a simple one in running is focusing on your form. So when you think about running form, if you imagine a rope tied to the top of your head or a fishing line or whatever, and it's gonna pull your head straight up, straightening your spine and, and like giving you a good tall posture. So the cue I use for that, thanks to Matty Cooper, who, who coached me for a number of years and a great mate of mine, Salomon-sponsored runner, you've probably heard of him, champion trail runner for Australia and the world, um, used to use tall strings. So he imagined you were being pulled up like a puppet from tall strings above. So the cue is tall strings, and that's imagine yourself getting pulled up from the top of the head to give you great tall posture as you're running. The next one I use is shorten your stride. This is a a long story about where this came from, but keeping it simple, if you shorten your stride length, pretty much all of your running form is gonna fall into place. You're gonna land more underneath your body with your foot stride, which is really what you want ergonomically and, and physiologically to did I say that right, physiologically, <laughs> is that a word? So you want, if you shorten your stride, pretty much all of your form will fall into place. So, so you don't wanna overstride and see your foot in front of you. You want, you want your foot to be landing under your hips where you can't see your foot landing on the ground. So the, the Q I use for that is shorten your stride. So you're thinking about spinning your legs over faster, more cadence um, per minute. Next one, arms circling up a hill. As you're riding, as you're running, riding, riding, as you're riding, as you are running up a hill. Um, Matty Cooper taught me this one as well. Run like a puppet on a string. So you're kind of popping and dancing up the hill with your arms doing circles, like you're um, one of those French mimes um, in behind a pane of imaginary glass. So you, you want your arms to be going in circles to relax, keep the blood flowing. This is if you're cruising uphill. If you're powering up the hill, try using nose to toes. So this comes from the Roaches, Megan and, and David Roach, who are exceptional coaches in the US. So David Roach taught teaches nose to toe. So that means lean forward so your nose is coming closer to your toes. Of course, leaning forward from the hips, not just putting your head down, but leaning forward from your, or preferably your ankles. Uh, keep on going. Another cue is uh, nose-only breathing. So come back to just breathing through your nose. This, again, physiologically, the more you can breathe through your nose, the, the better everything's going to be in your running. And it also, this is for the longer races, um, just to keep yourself from pushing too hard and trying to keep that heart rate down so a good measurement for me if I'm breathing through my nose is that my heart rate is nice and low you know I'm around the 130 I don't know what yours is but for me around that 130 nice and cruisy 120 130 and just as soon as I have to breathe double breathe that means I'm pushing it a little bit too much next one next cue for me um, comes from horse racing so I once heard a jockey talk and uh, the way that jockeys hold the horses they actually, well basically at the start, they're holding the horse back. The horse wants to go out of those gates and bolt as fast as it can. So the jockey's job is to hold it back until they're ready to let that horse just go hell for leather. And the way that they talk about it is the amount of weight that they have to hold on the reins to hold the horse back. And I remember the, the jockey got interviewed after the race, he said, I had 20 kilos in each hand. And I didn't understand what he meant, so I, you know, asked around, and they said that's how much he was pulling the horse back because it just wanted to go for it. So I use that analogy as if I'm in a long race and I feel like I really want to go for it, um, I use that just that simple cue: hold it back, so. hold it back, be the jockey and hold it back. Uh, that's another one. So there's, I mean, I've got so many here. I could go on and on and on, but these are the main ones. Let me move on so that um, (laughs) I can get through this stuff. We're talking about breath before. Nose only is really good. Longer out breaths than in breaths. So this is one of the fastest ways to move your body from a sympathetic phase to parasympathetic, which is basically getting back into relaxing rather than being stressed, is to have a longer out breath than in breath. Preferably, they're both in and out of the nose, but it can be in the nose and out the mouth as a secondary preference. So just try and get that long, easy out breath, um, and still a long in breath as well. But um, you know, you can count strides as you're going one, two, three, four in, like that box breathing out. Uh, to try and get your longer breath out a um, bit of a woo-woo one if you're a bit weird on the woo-woo side like me imagining white light coming in through your nostrils and going out to your muscles this is from Maddie Cooper as well so imagine every breath you're breathing in you're filling up first of all your head with white light then your shoulders down your chest down each arm down your torso through your hips through your quads through your knees through your calves and all the way down to your toes. This might take you 10 or 20 breaths to, to eventually imagine the white light going all the way down. And of course, your breath's not going into your toes. Well, although technically it is, because once it goes to the muscles, the exchange of gases and everything, it goes down. But, but what you're doing is taking your intention to those parts of your body and relaxing them by merely putting your focus on your on those parts of your body, you'll pick up any tension you have, and you'll Im- immediately start to relax it. So it's, huge, it's a huge thing I use throughout my long races: is that um, white breath into the um, all the way through the body. Moving on, quick confidence one uh, for some people. If you have a lack of confidence in running, uh, just try this simple one. Uh, it, it's called I call it I did this so I can do that sentence structure. So I did this in my life so I can do this run or this race or, you know, I've raised three kids or I've raised a kid in my life so I can definitely go for this, do this race today. I can definitely run this, you know, X distance race. Um, I did that really hard race in the past so that means that I can do this. I've done weeks of training for this run so that means I'm ready to do it because what your head will tell you on race day or as you prepare is, I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough. I'm not prepared enough. I need to just do one more. If only I got that last extra training session. No, it's nothing to do with that. That's just your head trying to trick you to stay safe on the couch. Think about what you've done in the past that was really hard, but you overcame it and you conquered it and then link it to what you're about to do. Moving on, we'll, get, we'll stay on beliefs for a second. The belief structures that your head's going to tell you will start with things like, I can't. I like, am, or I am not, or uh, the world is, or this is, those huge generalized sweeping statements. I could never, those type of statements. So personally, when I'm, I look for these when I'm running and make sure that I can reframe them to something else. So one I used to have, now Pete Shaw helped me with this. He's an amazing um, NLP trainer and just mindset guru. So Pete helped me realize one of my beliefs that I discovered as I was running was, I am not a fast runner. And I picked it up on a run because I had always believed that I was a good, you know, kind of long distance, but I was just a bit of a plotter. And we talked about it once and we reframed that from I am not a fast runner. I mean you can reframe it to something else is I am a fast runner, which didn't really sit with me because I still believe that I wasn't. But through a lot of, you know, whole whole kind of conversation on the phone, we changed it to I love running fast. And that was a huge shift in my running. To go from running along, plodding along, saying, I'm not a fast runner, but can you feel that energy, to, I love running fast. And i tell you what, that was a game changer in in terms of my PBs and uh, everything. I'm just going to see how I'm going. We're only up to 17 minutes, so we're doing quite well. We're getting through a lot (laughs) as fast as I thought. Uh, Mindfulness. Let's go to mindfulness. So your go-to person for mindfulness in sport is Emma Murray. She's the Richmond AFL football team mindfulness trainer. Exceptional, exceptional. Um, expert. I got in touch with her uh, f- last year when I heard of all, all the stuff she'd done at Richmond and stuff, and she she was great. She got back to me with a simple question, which I'll share with you. Um, my old school mindfulness came from uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which is a book by Dan Millman, uh, I don't know, early 90s or something like that. And in that is a gymnast. Anyway, he he, he learns this phrase, and I used to use it in my running all the time. And the phrase is three questions to centre you instead of getting you, to get you out of your head. First is, where are you? So I'm running along, I'm in my head, I'm thinking about whatever, and I come back to that anchor. Where are you, Rob? Oh, I'm here, is the answer. What time is it? And the answer is now. What are you, or who are you? And the answer is this moment. So as I'm running along and I'm thinking all the things about my my head's going crazy, I come back to that. Where are you? Here, what time is it? Now, what are you, this moment? And I'll repeat that thousand times in a race without exaggeration. (laughs) Next one, body scan. So the body scan is like the old Buddhist, um, the Buddhist Meditation, where you scan, so imagine like one of those green laser, 3D laser things starting at the top of your head and scanning down your body. Take it slowly and as you're scanning, you're looking for tension, so you've got to relax your eyes. Just do it with me now, just imagine it coming down top of your head, relax top of your head, relax around your eyes. You imagine how much actual tension you carry around your eyes, relaxing your face, your jaw as you're running, is a huge pace, you can, you can free up a lot of tension and stop burning those calories there down your neck, shoulders, and then down each arm, and just imagine it going all the way on your body, you're looking for tension, and breathe into the tension and just let it go. That's what the body scan is. Next one, uh, the old school mindfulness one. What are three things I can see? What are three things I can hear? What are three things I can feel? Do it as you run. I can see the the tree, I can see the bird, I can see the river. I can hear blah, 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 and I can feel, feeling is is really important. I can feel the air on my skin. I can feel the shirt uh, rubbing against my shoulders, and I can feel my feet hitting the ground. This will bring you back to the only place that's gonna help you run from, the the moment that you're in, the step that you're in. Uh, Next mindfulness strategy is the fascination strategy. Pete Shaw again, thank you for this. So imagine the fascination strategy, which I'll give you the, just go straight to an example to highlight the point. Uh, I used it in Bogong the Hotham run a few years ago for the first time. Um, Mount Bogong is the first climb in the race. It's a huge, I don't know what the elevation is, 1,200 metres from the start, you go straight up. It, maybe it's even more, it's a two, it's two hour climb. Um, so we, we, we focus on two things. I grab the leaf from a tree, this is Matty Cooper's old strategy too. Grab a leaf, and as you're running, you feel the leaf, you observe the leaf. But Pete Shaw goes deeper, so you imagine where the leaf comes from. You imagine the origin of the leaf, you imagine the generation of the leaf, and what it was a thousand years ago. Now this might sound a bit weird, if it's not for you, just ditch it. But if it is for you, it's amazing. So imagine the leaf, what it was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, and keep on going back. The trail, so the trail that you're on, imagine what that was a year ago, imagine what that was a hundred years ago, imagine what was a thousand years ago, and you'll start to go into a place of absolute bewilderment and curiosity, which is a great place to run from as you're going. So imagine you're going for a run today, and just imagining you're running on a, I don't know, a, a bitumen road, and you're imagining what that road was, and just go back in time. What was it? 10,000 years ago, and <laughs> you start to blow your mind. All right, if it's too weird, we'll move on anyway. Uh, so Emma Murray, I said, I got in touch with her, I said, this is the kind of stuff I do, I love all the things I've learned from you, um, can you give me a tip? And she said, the biggest tip for you, Rob, as a runner, is you've only got one focus. And I took a lot out of this. So she said, be aware of where you're putting that focus. So what we talked about today is the focus on the self-talk, is the focus on the distance that you've got to go, Is the focus on uh, the bird in the tree as you're running? Is the focus on the type of day it is, the weather, is the focus on how grateful you are to be in the race? Or is your focus on how much it's hurting and how much you're not feeling great? So she says you can change that focus, that one focus. So put it on your footfall. Put it on relaxing your shoulders. Put it on your running form. That was the big tip from Emma Murray. If you don't know who she is, definitely check out Emma Murray. Um, just talking about focus. A couple of just quick tip on race prep. Um, how do you take the anxiety off the race that you're preparing for? The simplest way to do it is to pick a race in the future to focus on as well. So let's just say you put all of your focus on this upcoming run or triathlon or whatever you've got coming up. Let's just say it's in November, and you're just building towards it. You're building towards it every day. You're thinking about, I'm doing this. Am I eating right? Have I ordered all my gear? Am I training right? Am I doing the blah blah blah? And you start to build the anxiety around this day in november which everything in your life is just going to fall into place if you can make this day and do blah 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 pick a race in march next year pick a race in may next year and get excited about that and you'll instantly feel the anxiety drop around the race in november right moving on moving on if you're in a race or if you're in a long training session and something's not working change it this is something I learned from Wayne Gregory, a mentor from early in the old school running, ultra running days. It might be something as simple as, I'm just not feeling that great, I'm gonna change my shirt, I'm gonna change my shoes, I'm gonna change my socks, I'm gonna try something like a, a, a treat, like a, something to eat that's, that's a, I really enjoy. I'm gonna put an iPod, so whatever you listen to now in my ears, um, to, to just change something. I'm gonna change my focus. But if you're not feeling great, It means what you're doing is not working, so change something. Simple, simple. Um, I think I've got one of those beliefs. I missed the belief that I've got here, which was a game changer for me before Costa Cozy 2013. Uh, Matty Cooper and I were preparing, and I said something to him like, I'm just gonna make sure I go out nice and slow. And Matty said to me, let's have a look at that. What do you mean by that? I'm like, well, you know, I don't wanna go out too hard. I wanna conserve my energy for later on. He's like, he's pausing and he's listening to me. And the question he asked me, which was a game changer for me was, when do you think you're gonna run out of energy, Mesa? Hey, darling, what do you got? Um. <laughs> so just if uh, I'm homeschooling today. Uh, that's Hannah, my amazing seven and a half year old. Where were we? Matty Coops asked me, oh, that's right. At what point in the race do you feel like you're gonna run out of energy? <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, boom, try and answer that. I mean, we're talking about a 30 something hour race and I'm trying to conserve energy. So, th- conserving energy is important in a race. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is your head might be holding you back from your best performance through a fear that it's kind of got dressed up or disguised as um, caution or, or race strategy. So. Um I hope that makes sense. I I know that's it's, it's it's very obviously it's a personal one for me, but it was a game changer for me. It means I could run that race without fear because it really was a fear-based thing. There's, there's, there's you know you hold yourself back like the racehorse technique, but in the end of the day um in a 30-hour race or a longer race, you're going to have ups and downs. Um so holding Going out super slow is not going to give you more energy at the 28-hour mark. I hope that kind of makes sense to you. There's there's, there's more factors at play. Anyway, if, if you want more information, get in touch and I can talk you through it. Um, okay, focusing on the external. Uh, Janos Kuros talked about this a lot. Janos Kuros, one of the one of well, his world record for 24 hours recently got broken uh, in, over in Europe, incredibly. Um, but he's, you know, probably, arguably, the best ultra runner ever. Um, so he's to shift the focus to his external environment to get out of his own body. So he would actually, he imagined himself flying above himself, watching himself run. You can try that if you want. I've tried it; it doesn't work for me, but you can give it a go. Uh, so when I shift it to external, I focus on the wind, the weather. Um, I focus on things that are. Other runners giving energy to the the crew, the crew. Hey, thanks so much for being here, guys. Thank, I can't believe you come here to support me. To the people at the aid stations, thank you, guys. You, you've given up your day to give me a drink. You know how amazing is that? The other competitors, you're looking great. Go on, you know, well done. Just massive encouragement. Whatever you put out there is going to come back to you. The world is a mirror, as they say. So focusing on external things rather than, oh, I, 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 I'm feeling this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Blah 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 blah. So that's a great shift um, to get out of your head and get into a bigger picture. To my coach, Martin Fryer, who, who, who could write a book on mental strategies and tactics for ultra running, um, he, he has this phrase from non-dualism and Buddhism, which is basically, you are part of a bigger scene. The way I interpret this is, I do this particularly on mountain runs. I imagine being followed by a helicopter. Actually, I think I started this before there were drones, so you can use a drone if you want. But I imagine there's a, there's a helicopter flying, I can still see there's a guy hanging out of the helicopter with a video camera filming me. So then I play with my mind that I'm, I am the guy filming and I watch myself running up the mountain. It's, it's one of those ways to remind myself that I'm in this huge scene of this mountain range and not just you know, in my next step or or in this race in such and such position and such and such time. All right, I'm going to move on. Um, ben Crow, Martin Fryer use this as well. Can I control this? So think about your sphere of control in life, but think about it in the race. So as I'm running along, let me give you an example of this. Um, can I control the position in the race I'm in? Well, not really. I mean, I can go for it harder or slow down blah blah blah, but really all I can control is what I am doing. Can I control my time? No. Can I control the place? No. Can I control the weather? No. Can I control what other people are saying to me? No. Can I control if my crew's not at the checkpoint? No. Can I control um, if the race organiser moves a day or cancels it? No, I can't. So let it all go. Accept it. Whatever you can't control you need to accept in a race or it's going to drive you to a DNF. But if the answer is yes, then do something about it. Can I control uh, my heart rate? Yes, you absolutely can. So in a race I remember in the glass house a few years ago, it was hot, it was like 35, but it wasn't just 35, it was, humidity, like the high, I don't know what percentage, but like 80, 90%. It was sticky and thunderstormy and hot. And my heart rate was like over 160 and I was only cruising and I couldn't get it down. I remember saying to my mate Mick Thwaites, who was an absolute amazing runner, and he gave me this little bit of wisdom, which hopefully you can use. He said to me, just cruise until nighttime and we'll make it up then and now it was nine o'clock in the morning at this stage, just to give you an idea, but, but can I control my heart rate? Yes, just cruise, back off, walk if you have to, get past, lose five or 10 places in the field. Because if you don't, what's gonna happen? You're gonna try and keep up with someone else and just burn burn yourself out. So you can control that, can I control my nutrition? Yes, if, I'm not, if my nutrition's not going well, can I change it? Yes, so think about what you can control and what you can't. If you can't control it, can you accept it? Yes. You, well, you have to learn how to accept it. Moving on, building on this, Emma Murray again, she has this concept called your A game and your B game. Incredible thing, find find this out and do it for yourself to find what your A game is and what your B game is. So she works with AFL stars and her, their A game might be um, running their running patterns on the field or focusing on their breath or Focusing on their teammates' performance. Their B game are the things that they can't control. What's the scoreboard saying? What's the other team doing? What's the weather doing? Uh, Are we gonna win this? Or if we don't win this, what's it gonna mean for our premiership season? So I sat down and wrote out my A game and my B game. And basically it falls into what can I control and what can't I control. Hello. All right, I'm back. I think we were on A game and B game. Um, Yeah, so A game, what can I control? B game, what can I control? Uh, Why is this important? Because you can only control the things in your A game. For example, am I breathing through my nose? Am I relaxed as I run? Am I focusing on my footfall? Am I listening to the birds around me? Am I being in the moment? Am I using tall strings and being pulled up by... The string for my posture um, am I being happy am I being grateful as opposed to where am I coming in this race how much further is there to go um, oh, I hope it doesn't rain or oh, I hope this person doesn't catch me from behind me uh, blah, blah 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 that's all the B game stuff so B game is going to drain your energy take you out of the moment and drop performance a game is going to bring you back to the moment and increase your performance this is one of the key changes that Emma Murray made to turn that Richmond AFL club around from their horror run over the years to like, I think, two or back-to-back premierships, at least. Right, moving, moving right on. Um, Let's talk about anchoring a little bit. This is something Maddie Cooper did with me before a race. Martin Fry does it with me now. So Martin's my current coach, who is amazing. Um, so Maddie would, uh, anchoring is basically like the cue but bringing the emotional states that you want to run with, like gratitude, um, uh, power, um, courage. um, What other states do you want to run in? Love, um, uh, fascination, curiosity, uh, contribution to the race growth in a person, those kind of states that you can anchor into yourself. So how do you do it? You imagine a time where you felt totally grateful and then you bring that emotion into your body and you uh, use an anchor on your body. So it might be a knuckle or a freckle on your arm that you push to remind yourself about that time that you were grateful, that time you, were, you felt loved or that time that you felt like you were giving um, heaps of contribution or you felt like you were really in the moment. This is a complex thing to do, but if you can imagine, you can preload these states into your body before you run or before you train, um, or before you go out your day, for that matter. And this is the technique called anchoring. I'm trying to skip over this stuff so this doesn't go for too long. Um, There's also Bobby McGee, who's a famous South African coach, uses this in, in his book called Magic Running, where it's imagine you're, Best ever performance, and this is how Emma Murray does it too. Just come to think of it, imagine your best ever performance. So do it now. Just think about one of the best. Doesn't have to be the best, but a great running performance, or if you know, triathlon or cycling or, run or swimming or whatever it is, and go back to that time where you were. You'll have a you'll have a definite memory of a place you were in or a time or wherever you were in the race, and kind of step into your body and imagine you were there now, and then. Say the words of what you were feeling in that moment. It might be powerful or confident, unstoppable or free or experiencing joy or just loving every moment or experience connection or adventure or challenge or one of those great words. And they're the words that you draw out from that moment and recreate before you want to run the next time or you race the next time because that's the state that you perform the best in. So that's your A game, and that's what Bobby McGee, McGee would call magic running. Uh, a couple more things before I say goodbye. I know it's going on for a long time. Uh, intentions, intentions. Use it in your daily life. For example, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be grateful today. I'm going to be happy today. I'm going to be um, uh, this today. Whatever state is going to help you um, get through your day and be the best version of yourself. So example of where I, where I use intentions and. I, I don't mind sharing this stuff with you. I'm giving you pretty much everything I've ever done in a race, but I've come this far. So my intention for my last Coast cosy be the happiest person on the course, right? Um, and I've actually used that in most other races now because it's so effective for me. Uh, it just encompasses everything, uh, so there you go. So you might um, be, uh, uh, you can also choose, this is a good one, embodiment, so you can choose to run as somebody else it might sound weird, but if you're running along and you're struggling, you might think, I am, <laughs> this might sound weird, I am Robert De Costello, or I am, um, sorry, Greg Welch, I can't think of any famous triathlete right now, um, I am, you know, Jim Wormsley, I am Courtney DeWalter, and I'm gonna run like that because that's who I am. You can embody that person. Can you, in, that just takes on how would they approach this? What would they be thinking? How would they be running uh, when you say the I am thing? Right, I think I've come to the end of my list. It's long, I know it took a long time. I hope you got something out of it. Um, if you need any more, um, just let me know if I can expand on it or I can do more of this audio stuff. I think, why did I do this? People have asked me and I think, it's a key to my running and I kind of want everyone else to know it so that you can become better and you can hit your goals and you can really break through those things that might you know, be a, a time barrier or a, or a position barrier that you've got or something that'll just help you enjoy your running more and, and um, break through. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, let me know, obviously the feedback would be good. I don't have any secrets that I haven't told you, so if you want any information, there's no, no, absolutely no problem. I can expand on it. So um, yeah, getting in contact with me, and I'll see what else I can do to um, help you prepare. All right, thanks. Hope you enjoyed it. Cheers.